Marcus Pedersen's so smart that he's always, always a good talker. But there's a little bit of extra pep to his step when he knows he's playing well. And you know what? He is. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. As pure coincidence, I also happen to offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Penguins are back at practice today. The Penguins are headed then to Detroit to face the Red Wings tomorrow night. Marcus is playing well. Marcus looks good next to Eric Carlson. Marcus is feeling it. You can tell. Listen to a little bit of attitude. A little bit of attitude when I asked him about the team being labeled old and slow. This was over the weekend. No, it's not. I think uh, we got a lot of good skaters. I think the way we want to play the game is a fast game. So I don't think that narrative is, um, I think it's easy to go to and, and say, I kind of think. Um, but no, I think we got a lot of great skaters out there. And like I said, the way we play the game is we want to be fast. So. I mean, that, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. It's just you came out in the third period. I don't know. What did you talk about in here? What's the heck? Yeah, we just talked about being stiff from pucks. Obviously, when you get a start like that, you get, you get some juice from that. So. Um, I think it was just the start of the, the first and or the third that uh, really set the tone for the whole period. I like that. Good for him. He can be counted upon for stuff like that. There's not a player in there who believes that it's an old and slow label that should be affixed to this group. Yeah, obviously they're older. Obviously their best players are older. But there's a way to play hockey. Fast, by moving the puck, by thinking quickly, in addition to being, you know, obviously good skaters, and the Penguins have plenty of those, that he has every right to say what he did. But I'll repeat, I believe, based on having been around the guy for a while now, that he just finds some of that swag. He's happy. He's happy to be playing with his countrymen, a a guy that he's considered to be a hockey hero for a long time. And they've hit it off. They've done well. Uh, when you see Carlson taking a chance, you will see Marcus holding down the fort. When you see Marcus heading up ice, maybe even leading a rush, well, okay, you're not seeing as much of that anymore. <laughs> but you did last year. I tried, right? He's not going anywhere. He's got 65 next to him. And I'll say it a third time. He's happy about it. They're communicating. They're doing so, I'm told, most of the time in Swedish, even though that's kind of not the norm in hockey. When you're out there, it's all English all the time. Well, these two are, when they're having their own moments, their own between whistles or on the bench moments, they're doing it in Swedish and it's worked well. Why does it sound or feel like I'm about to throw in something negative? I am. I am. I have not been wild about these last couple of games between Ryan Graves and Chris Letang. And I'm not even necessarily inclined to get into who would be responsible for what. And it's only been three total games. And for what it's worth, I kind of liked Graves in the opener. 
didn't like Latang. But then in the last two, I didn't like Graves and I did like Latang. It's not happening yet. But the way I see it is this the Penguins have no choice, really, but to give this one a good, long look. This isn't one of those that you blow up after seeing one or two things you don't like. They're going to have to stick with these guys. Graves was a major acquisition. Graves is here for a long time. Graves comes at considerable cost. Latang obviously checks off all those boxes as well, other than the being new part. And you're going to have to see how it is that they communicate, how it is that they adjust, how it is that they're coached up, as long as we're at it. But the other reason you're going to have to be patient with this is there isn't exactly anybody ready to take Graves' spot. You're going to move P.O. Joseph up? I know P.O.'s uh, peripherals, his advanced stats are, are pretty good. They're actually way better than Graves's, but I also know that P.O.'s barely been out there. He and Chad Ruedel, the third pairing, they barely participate with all the ice time that gets eaten up by Latang and Carlson. There have been occasions out of necessity where Todd Reardon has had to work P.O. in with uh, Latang or Carlson just so that the other two guys, Patterson and Graves, aren't being tasked with the same kind of ice time that their partners are. And that's going to be an adjustment for a lot of people as well. And I, I don't care what P.O.'s numbers are so far. I, I haven't really liked his game for the most part. There are too many significant mistakes that he's making that only count for one mistake in the advanced analytics. Look, it has very much the potential to be a solid top four. It could be more than a solid top four, considering who the two righties are in the equation. But Pedersen is going to have to keep finding his way with Carlson, keep learning about him, because let's remember that through three games, Carlson's only got one assist, and that is not Carlson-like. He's going to get his points, and to get his points, he's going to take his risks, and he's going to make his turnovers. So the real test for that pairing is still to come defensively. The other one, <sighs> Graves might do well to remember something that Brooks Orpik once told me about Latang. Now, Orpik didn't play all that much with Latang, but he did. And when he did, this was obviously you know, a decade and a half ago. But Orpik used to tell me what a lot of people don't recognize about Latang's game, inside or outside, is that it builds from the back. He's not a natural rusher. He's not natural to be joining or certainly not leading the rush. Everything that Latang creates, he creates from the back. And when he said that, what he meant was that he creates it from his defending. He creates it from finding a way to get the puck, whether that's taking it off of somebody or just outskating them to it. The latter obviously comes more naturally than making stuff happen. That, I think, is the part that Graves is going to have to get used to. That said, this is a smart kid who's going to catch on sooner rather than later. 
we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Justin, who says, DK, maybe they can actually stop playing it safe and just jumble the lines a little bit this year. How about putting Ricard Raquel on the third liner? I don't know. Take Jeff Carter out of the lineup completely. I mean, it makes sense that six people who haven't played that much together at all still wouldn't have chemistry, whereas Raquel is one of those guys who seems to be able to play anywhere, just please don't keep things the same game after game and expect it to magically get better. That didn't work last year. Justin, if I didn't know better, I'd swear that you sent this whole entry just to squeeze in that line about getting Carter out of the lineup. As it is, though, since I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, what I believe you're referring to, although you didn't say so explicitly, you said six people who haven't played much together. That's got to be about the third and fourth lines, and I hope I'm right on that because that's the point that I'm going to address here. You're correct. They haven't played with each other aside from preseason training camp and practices, and it shows. When I see a guy who's as heady as Lars Eller looking around as much as he has through these three games – trying to find his own equilibrium, trying to find out, to get detailed on this, what Drew O'Connor's trying to achieve on a given shift, because O'Connor operates with different objectives at different times. That leads me to believe that there's a whole lot of disconnect going on right now. What the Penguins are blessed to have with that group Beyond the stuff that you see, speed, they've got good size, they've got some tenacity there, is a whole lot of brains. There's a bunch of collective IQ with that group. And that can be good and that can be bad. It can be good, obviously, because, you know, smart helps with everything. But it can be bad in the sense that you can really overthink stuff. And I'm seeing a lot of that from all these guys. They could probably do well to follow the example of Jansen Harkins right about now. Harkins, he, he's not overthinking anything. He's not even thinking anything based on the conversations. I mean this nicely that we've had off the ice. He's got his head down and he's just flying. He's looking to disrupt something, anything. The guy that I would challenge the most in that regard is the only one I haven't mentioned so far. That's Nolachari. I'm going to repeat here, not to be annoying, but for emphasis, that I believe he should be the right winger on the third line. I believe that your third line should be O'Connor, Eller, and Achari, left to right. Why? I see Achari as more of a winger. I see him as a guy who can get in there, make things happen, dig a little bit. If Eller gets thrown out of the draw, you got somebody else that can take it. And on top of all that, you've got, out of those three guys, a, a nice, healthy, projected goal total. Not something that's huge or whatever, but can you count on 10 to 15 out of O'Connor? Sure. Have you always been able to count on 10 to 15 out of Eller? Maybe closer to 10 in his later years, but yeah. Achari's the same way, double-digit goal guy. Now, I made a mistake 
a second ago in saying that I had mentioned everybody. I did not mention Matt Nieto. But I would take him. I would put him on the left side where he belongs. I would bring Colin White up from the minors. I would have Harkins or somebody similar over on the right side. And yeah, of course I would sit Carter. I'm not going to be accepting of a bottom six that never scores. We just went through a whole year of watching that. All of us did. And that makes no sense. I do, however, want to see more of a resilience. I want to see more of a consistent grind slash possession from those guys in the attacking zone. And that happened in Washington. It did not happen back here against the Flames. And that's not okay. That's not okay. Those guys shouldn't be tired. Those guys aren't the ones with the big ice times. When they come back from D.C., they've got to be the ones that are counted upon to step up and make things easier for the top six, not the other way around. That's a sequel nobody wants. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.